Creative Studio, Semester 3, Session 10. Talking about post-production and podcast audio editing. And so is it worth my hour and a half to save the listener 10 or 15 minutes? And oftentimes the answer for the podcaster to that question is no, it's not. And a medium that affords us the opportunity to put it out there when it's the absolute best it can be and us not to take advantage of that to me is just nuts. You're wasting the listener's time. I'm so glad you decided to join us again today on The Creative Studio. My name is Josh Rivers from podcastguide.co. If you are looking for some audio editing and post-production support for your podcast, you can go to podcastguide.co and be able to check out the different packages that are available to be able to help you be able to take your podcast to the next level and then also be able to recover your time. And so I'd love to be able to help you out with that. We have a special going on right now, some introductory prices. And so they'll be going up after June 1st, 2015. And so make sure you check that out. I would definitely love to be able to be able to check out your podcast and see what we can be able to do. If you decide to check that out, you can get the very first episode done for free. And so I definitely love to be able to help you with that. Now, this episode, we're going to be talking about podcast editing and post-production as far as what you can be able to do yourself to be able to try to make improvements in your podcast. And we have Jeff Brown with us to be able to share his insights. And so he comes from a radio background and so doing a lot of different things in a live setting. And so now he comes to podcasting and he has the opportunity to be able to have a time shifted environment so that he can be able to bring a better episode to the listeners. And so he doesn't have to leave in all of the mess ups and things like that in there. He can be able to take those out and be able to create a great experience for the listener. And so I think this is something that you can really benefit from by listening to it. So another thing that can help is by listening to the last couple sessions that we've had on this podcast. We talked about our workflow in podcasting, and we talked about preparation, then also some things you can do while recording. And so if you do certain things in those stages, it can make the post-production even easier. And so I would definitely highly recommend going back and listening to those if you have not already. So I would love to be able to get your feedback on these different tips as well. And so... I did put out a short little question survey almost a couple months ago, about two months ago, almost. Uh, Let's see, it was actually uh, April 1st, so about a month and a half before this comes out. And so I asked people what part of editing and post-production that they don't like. And so there was a lot of different responses. There was a lot of people that mentioned about show notes. And so we talked about show notes back in session four of this. So if you go to creativestudio.academy slash three dash four. You can be able to get the episode there with show notes and that can be able to help you out with, um, with that. And so there's other people that (laughs) there was one person that just simply put the comment of, um, and so that can be a very tedious thing to try to go through and try to take out all the different ums and ahs and included with that is also the different types of filler 
words that we use. And so we need to, so for me, one of them is so. And so anyway, I'm going to leave that in just as an example. And so uh, there's uh, different things that we could be able to do to be able to try to make the listening experience better as a result of being able to take some of those out and it can be very tedious. And so, but Jeff Brown shares some good tips and advice about being able to do that, but still make it sound natural and make it flow well. And so there's all kinds of different things that people uh, have struggles with. And so uh, someone mentioned here about fading the music in and out. And so they want to be able to automate it a little bit easier. And there's definitely things that we can be able to do to be able to simplify that. And some of it, if you do that while you're recording, uh, if you have a mixer, you can be able to do that. You can fade it in and out as you are going. And so, uh, but this person, and there's a lot of people, I'm, I usually add my music in post-production as well. And so uh, it, it's not too awfully difficult to be able to do that. You just find the beginning and the end, and then you just put a big space in between them. But anyway, uh, and so uh, there's some things that you can be able to do to try to minimize the pain that you can have from doing that. And so uh, another thing that someone said is has to do with marketing and um, and doing the uh, uh, product, uh, not production, the pr uh, promotion of the podcast afterwards. And so I know that's something that I struggle with myself. And so part of it is just the time commitment because it does take some time and uh, regularity to be able to follow up afterwards to promote your show in different places. And so, and we're going to be talking more about that here in the next couple episodes as well. Next week, we have Daryl Darnell that's going to talk about some different things we could be able to do during a launch strategy to try to get our uh, podcast out there. And then also, we're going to be having Sean Manaher come on, and he recently, well, I say recently, it's been uh, probably about a month or so now, he released an episode after, uh, say, it was his 101st episode of the Cypreneurs podcast, and he shared 101 tips that he learned from podcasting. And so he comes on, he shares some of his insight. And so we specifically talk about promotion and some things that we can be able to do with that. So that can definitely be a good show to be able to come back and listen to. And so another person says that they don't like listening to their own voice. And that is definitely a very common thing among podcasters, especially beginners. They don't like their voice. And that's actually one thing that keeps people from even recording in the first place. And so, but I can see that being a struggle when you go back and do some editing, you don't want to hear your own voice and be able to hear all the different mistakes that you make, because probably in your head, you think that you do everything right. And then you listen to all the mistakes you make and it kind of um, changes the opinion of yourself. But anyway, uh, that, that could be a difficult thing to be able to overcome. And a lot of times that just takes time, then realize that everyone makes mistakes. And so even when we listen to podcasts and we listen to the uh, the podcast that they release and it sounds so polished and smooth and we need to realize that a lot of times there's editing that goes into that and they're not always as smooth as they sound on their podcast. And so I experienced that with a couple different, with several different guests that I've had that I've listened to their podcast and their podcasts sound good and there's very little stumbling in what they say on their podcast. But then when I was talking to them live, it was a little bit different. And so uh, they're not always as polished as they seem when they get there. But we just have to learn to be able to acknowledge that it's a common problem. And we're just 
another person that has that issue. And so we just have to get over that. And um, again, it's just something that kind of takes a little bit more time to be able to get used to it. Another person uh, mentions about the time. There's several people that talk about the time that it takes to be able to do the editing. And there's some people that I mentioned the fact that they like the process. They just don't like the time commitment. And so that is definitely one of the things that I'm going to try to help people with, with doing podcast editing and production for them is to remove that time uh, limitation from them. And so be able to take that for from them so that they can be able to have their time back all the different post-production things that they've been doing and maybe be able to add to it without adding any additional time constraints on their part. And so that is definitely a, uh, a pain point for a lot of podcasters. And so there's uh, some people that uh, say here that they have an ego. And so they want to make themselves as make themselves sound as good and smart and as eloquent as possible. And then he wants to uh, show to sound as good as possible. And so, he does the editing, adding music and whatever it takes to be able to get that more professional feel. And so that's a, a definitely a good thing. And so, but that can be a difficult thing because again, it takes that time to be able to be able to do that. And so someone mentioned here about recording the intros and outros for a main interview segment that's already recorded and has been recorded for a while. And so that is something specifically Jeff Brown addresses in here and be able to make it sound natural. And then also some things that we can be able to implement into our interviews to be able to include the listener even more in the conversation. And so, um, and then something here, um, uh, Todd Cochran, <laughs> I haven't mentioned all these names, but Todd Cochran, he, he says here, he's, um, uh, works with, uh, blueberry. And he says here, he says, editing what's editing. <laughs> and so, uh, that, that is something that a lot of people do. They don't do editing. And so, and sometimes the podcast, can suffer as a result of that, or maybe it's not suffering, but they're missing out on some special things that they can be able to get from doing some editing. Uh, someone else here finding out the day that I botched something setting up. And so I've had that happen before where I go through and I thought I had everything lined up. And then all of a sudden I had about 30 seconds where uh, we were talking over each other. And then there was 30 seconds of silence. And so the two tracks were offset. And so something that I had missed uh, during the final steps of the editing. And so uh, that's always a difficult thing. And so there's some things you can be able to do to try to avoid that in the first place, but then be able to set it out to where you can easily go back and be able to adjust that um, whenever you have an issue. And so one thing I started doing here recently because of that is before I, I use um, Audacity and as I'm saving it as, um, a WAV file because then I process it through a phonic to be able to help with uh, some of the post-production, be able to level things out and take out some uh, some of the different uh, things there to be able to minimize the background noise and all that. And so one thing I do is when I do that, I also go ahead and I save it as an Audacity po uh, project so that it saves it exactly as it is with all the tracks still separated. And so if there is a mistake then I can just pull up that project and all the tracks are separated so I can still be able to manipulate what I need to manipulate and then be able to go back and save it again. And so there is uh, definitely there. Uh, someone else says here, um, having nothing to edit. Not kidding here. I haven't recorded much lately. I miss it badly. So if uh, 
maybe the editing process is scaring you or maybe just something else is keeping you from recording, um, just get in there and record. And so I know sometimes there's time constraints, um, but uh, it's definitely something that you need to try to do. It's something I'm going to be working on more, trying to be more consistent. And so I've been fairly consistent with this podcast. Um, I've been a couple days late a couple times, um, but I usually get a podcast episode out. My other podcast um, has been sporadic, um, unfortunately. And so I'm going to get back to recording regularly with that. And so, again, there's a lot of different things that um, people mention here. And so, again, a lot of more people mentioning about show notes, uh, people mentioning about adjusting audio levels. And so, um, and that's one thing too, is let me read this one here. It says, another thing I hate is adjusting audio levels. For example, when some is really close to the mic and sound great, and then they get more comfortable in the chair and then begin to lean back and move farther away from the mic. Of course, they still sound go good through my headphones. So I don't notice until the, uh, I don't notice the volume drop and the actual recording. And so, um, so that just takes a little bit of communication with your guest, uh, beforehand, just, um, trying to remind them. I know I, I haven't done this, but I haven't experienced this issue per se. Uh, but just let them know beforehand, Hey, just make sure you stay close to your mic so that we can be able to get the best quality possible. Cause I mean, you want your guests to sound good. And so you want them to be able to, um, be proud of what they're sharing on your podcast. And so you want them to look good. And so another thing though, is if that does happen, I mean, there are things out there that can be able to help you. And so there's a, um, I, I believe it's called Levelator. Uh, I used it once or twice a while back, but here the last couple of months, I've been using Alphonic that really does a good job at being able to level everything out. So I've had, um, some editing that I've done for people that one person was, pretty quiet and the other person was pretty loud um and alphonic does a really good job um being able to bring those back to the same volume level and so it does a really good job with that so that's something you can be able to look into and you can go to alphonic.com and they you can have a uh two hours a month for free uh, then they have some different monthly plans for their online version um i have purchased the desktop version so that I can be able to use it because I use it a lot more than um, than that. And so just cost efficiency is a little bit better for me to be able to just purchase um, that. And then it's also easier because it's right there on my desktop. I'm not having to upload it, have it processed, and then download it again. And so and then upload it for what we need to do. And so anyway, uh, so there's that. And so again, a lot of people have different issues and problems with podcast editing. And so hopefully this interview with jeff brown can help be able to get that taken care of and so if you want to get the show notes you can go to creative studio.academy slash three dash 10 and that can be able to uh get you to the show notes for that for any links that uh, happen to be mentioned and then also hopefully we'll get the tips mentioned in there as well so that you can be able to get that and with that we're going to go ahead and go right into the interview with jeff brown all right jeff brown welcome to the show how are you doing today I am doing great, Joshua. Thanks for uh, for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. 
yeah, it's definitely good to be able to talk to you. I was able to have you on a previous podcast that I had, and so we were able to talk about reading, which is something that is near and dear to your heart. And so <laughs> you have the Read to Lead podcast as a result of your love for reading as well. So why don't you just go ahead and kind of let everybody know a little bit about who you are, what you do, and tell us about your podcast. Well, thank you. I uh, appreciate that. I, I started it back in uh, July of uh, 2013 uh, when I launched, and um, I just, uh, for uh, the decade or 12 or so years leading up to that, had just uh, grew passionate about the importance of reading and had seen firsthand the impact that consistent and intentional reading had on the trajectory of my career. Uh, I had a career in radio, and um, it had been uh, crucial to me and beneficial to me, and um, I was constantly sharing what I was learning with my colleagues and anybody who would listen. And I, I just had the epiphany one day that that would make for a great podcast. It would help me scratch a few itches and, uh, you know, I could, I could read more books even. I could talk to, to authors uh, of, of the books that I love so, so much and, and share what I was learning along the way with, with listeners and, and, and also act as sort of kind of a, a curator for folks for the, uh, the books that I believe to be some of the best business books around. And uh, it's just been a it's been a great journey. It's been almost two years now. I guess about twenty twenty one months, something like that. And it's it's gone really well. And I've had a chance to talk with some fantastic people. It's been kind of surreal at times because I've had a chance to talk with folks who whose books years ago uh, had a huge impact on on me. And so it's sort of come full circle. It feels like. But I count it as a privilege. And, and it started out as a labor of love and just something that I wanted to do just because I, I thought it would be fun. And, and now, uh, for about a year now, I actually earned my living in podcasting one way or another. Several different uh, irons in the fire related to podcasting, but, but it's, it's podcasting uh, 100%, which is uh, not something I, I realized at the outset was going to be the case. And so that, that's, that almost happened by accident, but it's been, a, it's been a happy accident nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Can you go ahead maybe a little more detail as far as what it is exactly that you do, what you offer? Yeah, uh, about a year ago, or a little over a year ago, I started uh, Podcaster Academy, and Podcaster Academy was an online course uh, taught live, uh, 20 students at a time. The model, uh, not much unlike, say, what Cliff Ravenscraft does with the podcasting A to Z, mm-hmm. uh, but one of the things I brought to, to my coaching was, was the radio background, leveraging what I learned as an on-air personality and having a talent coach that I met with week in and week out, both my co-host and myself, who uh, challenged us to be better, who challenged us with techniques and tips and tricks even for how to better connect with an audience, uh, how to fully leverage the intimacy uh, of the medium of radio uh, or of just audio in general, and how to conduct a good interview, a great interview, what, you know, what constitutes a solid question, um, how to always be including your your audience in what you're doing, your listener in what you're doing, thinking of your listener as an individual as, a, as opposed to an audience, that sort of thing. And so I brought um, and continue to bring many of those uh, years of experience to the equation. Now, at about, uh, I guess, early fall last year, I transitioned away from uh, group coaching to more of a one-on-one coaching model. Uh, it, it sounds kind of crazy in one sense in that you know, group coaching is a lot easier to scale, obviously. Uh, but I found that I really enjoyed the one-on-one coaching relationship better. I felt like I'm in a better position to be able to impact the final result. And in, in a group coaching environment, you know, my advice oftentimes was 
sort of relegating relegated to being kind of a one size fits all kind of kind of piece of advice. But I, I, I think everybody's podcast journey is different and requires sometimes different techniques and different strategies for being successful. And coaching people one on one enables me to dig a little deeper with with each uh, individual client. So um, coaching uh, all in all for about 13 months. Uh, but since about uh, July, August, September, it's it's been more the one-on-one variety than than the group variety. Yeah, I like that. You listen to uh, a lot of different business and leadership podcasts. They'll they'll kind of tell you, uh, generally speaking, that that you kind of start with the one-on-one. You kind of move to the coaching, and then you kind of have these courses that people can purchase and uh, and, and kind of like that, like you said, to try to scale it. But I, I really love the fact that you were in touch with your own personality and mm-hmm. how you work best in that and and realize that maybe that's not the direction that at least at this point that that you need to pursue and so you really want to develop that relationship with individuals um and, and be able to pursue that so i i can identify with that as well and so uh very good i appreciate you you saying that and that's not to say that i i won't eventually you know create some some products related to to podcasting i i most certainly will down the road and and that will be something that that those who uh, maybe can't afford the one-on-one coaching route might might consider and and who maybe prefer to learn you know on at their own pace because I, I tend to as a coach set a relatively strict pace and you know we're going to spend three months together and here's the timeline and here's what you need to accomplish in this timeline and so some folks are intimidated by that and they're like well i don't i don't want to be held to to that i'd rather just you know, have some help and just kind of learn as I go. And that's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but my clients are those who, who want to, uh, are looking also, you know, in addition to other things, some accountability and want to, uh, commit to launching within a, within eight to 10 weeks and are, are prepared to do that. Now I heard you on Dave Jackson's school of podcasting podcast uh, a little while back mm-hmm. and he was interviewing you about um, some different things and in the conversation it came up about post-production and editing um, and I really love the perspective that you had on that uh, given your radio background you were in an, in an environment or a situation at that time to where you did not have the opportunity to stop and redo, try it over again and make corrections. It it was, uh, you, you do it the first shot and that's what you get. Um, (laughs) and and so, so you, you came to the podcasting having had that experience and now you look at, uh, the opportunities in podcasting with it being time shifted that you said that you're going to take advantage of that. Can you kind of go go through and maybe explain that a little bit better uh, than I did. And and then we'll kind of dive in a little bit more into some of this editing and post-production that you do. Yeah, I, I'm sometimes baffled by the, and, and I'm not knocking anybody's methods or workflow, uh, but I'm often baffled by those who, you know, record an interview or record an episode and then take that as is and publish it, forcing the listener to sit through inevitably mistakes because nobody's perfect nobody's going to get it right the, you know the first time uh, mistakes that you've made um, rabbit trails that the conversation has gone off into that that, di- that didn't really add anything that didn't move the podcast forward that didn't move the episode forward uh, to me one of the things I coach in my, my my clients is is the importance of forward momentum 
and why that always has to be uh, at, at, at the forefront of your mind as you're creating your content and, and what that means and how to develop it, how to accomplish it. And I think a lot of podcasters miss that. It's, you know, the thinking oftentimes is, well, gosh, um, if, if I edit this to the extent that Jeff expects me to, or the, to the extent that Jeff does, I'm going to spend the next hour and a half editing out what might amount to 10 or 15 minutes. And so is it worth my hour and a half to save the listener 10 or 15 minutes? And oftentimes the answer for the podcaster to that question is no, it's not. Uh, and, and what uh, the argument I try to make is, well, it's 10 or 15 minutes this time, and then it's 10 or 15 minutes the next time, and then again and again and again and again and again. And suddenly that adds up. And uh, what happens inevitably is your listener begins to experience fatigue, whether they're conscious of it or not. When they come back to your content, subconsciously at least, in the back of their mind, they understand, they know intuitively that to get uh, 20 minutes of great stuff, they might have to sit through 35 or 40 minutes of a podcast just to get to the 20 minutes that's really, really good, knowing full well that 10 or 15 minutes or whatever, and I'm making these numbers up, but you understand, just for sake of example, mm -hmm. 10 or 15 minutes might just be garbage. And in a medium that affords us the opportunity to put it out there when it's the absolute best it can be and us not to take advantage of that to me is just nuts. Now, having said all that, I, I don't believe that anyone should be held back from doing a podcast or launching a podcast or being afraid to put content out, out there worried that it's, it's not good enough. I always tell my clients and my students and anybody I run into, you know, done is better than, than perfect. Uh, as Mark Zuckerberg is famous for saying, and, and, and Seth Godin is famous for saying, you know, if, if you look back on something that you launched or something you put out there and you're not embarrassed by it now looking back on it, you probably waited too long to put it out there. My point, though, is you should always, from the moment you start to where you are now, you should always be striving to get better. And that means maybe putting a little more effort into the post-production process. And, and maybe today's episode is better than last week's episode. And the next week's episode is better than this week. And, and on and on. You should always be striving to get better. Because if you're not, then you're wasting, in my view, you're wasting the listener's time. Okay. So if I'm wanting to follow the Jeff Brown standards, um, <laughs> what are we... What what are we looking at when you uh, when you're talking about what your standards are or what you look at when you uh, approach the editing process? Yeah, I think you have to be able to look uh, at what you've created with a critical eye uh, and have you know thick skin and and not be afraid. Uh, it's no different than writing a, a blog post. I don't know of anybody who or rarely who who write blog posts who do it successfully and have a lot of readers who publish the first draft that they write more often than not, there are several iterations of that blog post before it ever gets published. Maybe the first draft is sort of a stream of consciousness type draft, but then as they go along, we tighten it up a little bit. We, we rephrase some things. Maybe we can articulate a little more clearly. And that's, that's really all I'm talking about. And so it's, it's not, it's not anything new. You know, it's no different than a musician going into the studio and doing, uh, you know, pickups or, or several takes of a particular line of a song because they know they can do it better than the last version that we did. And so uh, it, it's, it's by no means a foreign concept. 
but it's something that for some reason podcasters uh, feel or a lot of uh, podcasters I talk to feel that you somehow remove from a podcast uh, they, they use words like realness and authenticity and and all this sort of thing and your listener is less concerned about those things I mean I think there's something to be something to be said for those things and, and we can get to that in a minute but I think your listener is less concerned about that and more concerned about you know what are they going to get out of this transaction today what's in it for them that's first and foremost on their minds and if you're not constantly answering that question then then you're going to lose them eventually yeah I can see that and so the experience that someone would expect from a podcast is different than uh, what they would expect if you were face to face. And exactly uh, like you're saying, I mean, a lot of podcasters are treating it as if it's face to face when it's not. And even though there are the good qualities of that, we need to take advantage of the opportunity to be able to present it the best way that we can, as you said, uh, to better make it better for the listener so that they're not having to go through all the iterations per se. Exactly. The way you just said it was was perfect. Face to face is is often seen as, or that kind of conversation by many podcasters is often seen as that's what you're going for. That realness, that rawness, and and I I, I argue that that that's not really it. You've you've got to be every step of the way, be moving the conversation forward. Now, during the course of recording a podcast or an interview, I encourage my clients to make mistakes, explore paths that that you may or may not have prepared to explore, let the thing ebb and flow as it feels natural to do so, but then be able to come back to it with a critical ear and go, okay, what works and what doesn't? Let's determine that. Let's let's make one pass through. Let's make one listen and determine what works, what doesn't. And then let's cut out the things that didn't work and not just leave them there because somehow that makes it feel more real. So you kind of told us a little bit about your uh, philosophy or your approach toward the post-production. Can you kind of step us through a little bit of uh, your actual process? Mm-hmm. Um, so so you record the interview and now you're looking at the post-production. What is it that, that you're going to be uh, doing exactly as you get that piece ready? Yeah, uh, I make a, a two or three pass uh, passes at the actual uh, interview. The first pass is strictly uh, a pass to, to edit. And I'm stopping and starting along the way and tightening things up. You know, maybe there's hesitation here or there or some silence or you know, maybe like I just did there a second ago, I, I say the word ah or um, you know, 95 times in the course of five minutes. I might <laughs> want to cut a, f- a few of those out, not... Not necessarily all of them, but uh, and you want to be careful not to make things so tight that they don't sound natural, uh, which uh, is a problem for some. Uh, it's possible to cut many of those things out and still have a natural flow, uh, and and make it so that those things are, are the fact that those things aren't there isn't obvious. Uh, you know, that's that's the that's the definition of a of a uh, of a talented editor who can take all those things out and 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 the listener doesn't know the difference. Uh, that that's a skill. That's a learned skill, and so. Uh, the first pass through is just to do things like that. Uh, and maybe, maybe I asked a question and I stumbled over a word, or I asked it and listening back to it, I realized, you know what? I could have, I could have said that so much more articulately than I did. I took thirty seconds to ask what should have only taken ten, and and I'll re-record myself asking that question and drop it in, replacing the fumbled over version, because I know that that's going to be better in the end. It, 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 again, it's not about 
you know, oh, well, let's just, that, that sounds more real and let's keep it. Well, I just, I just wasted 20 seconds of the listener's time if I do that. If I can just re-record that and say it more succinctly and drop that in, why not do that and, 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 and give the podcast and the conversation a, a better forward momentum feel and, and flow? And so that first pass through, again, is just to do that, start to finish. And, and for a half hour conversation might take an hour to 90 minutes to get through as you're stopping and starting. And then I personally make a second pass at the episode, uh, listening to those edits, making sure that they, they aren't noticeable and that I haven't missed anything or made any uh, mistakes. And I'm also listening uh, that second time through for a particular uh, nugget, I call it, to lift or copy from the conversation, something the guest said that I'm going to bring to the front or the intro of the podcast, something I'm going to use as a hook to get the listener interested uh, in the in the conversation they're about about to, to 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 hear or stick around for hopefully, and 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 that is pretty much uh, you know the brief description of my process. There's at least two passes, sometimes a third, once it you know of, of the completely final finished product with open and close, intro, outro, all that kind of stuff added, and I'll give that usually a, an additional listen, uh, and that's important too. I had a, had a client interview me a while back and publish the episode, and I'm listening to it, and I get to the end. And there are two or three moments where he has one's uh, portion of the interview he recorded with me on top of an, another portion. And there's like two things, m- m- you know, me talking on top of me and him talking on top of him. And, and that oftentimes happens as a result of, you know, putting the, mixing down the final thing and then publishing it without listening to it one more time just to make sure that you don't have those, those accidents and those, those surprises in there. So, again, it's usually mm-hmm. two to three passes for me, and that, those, are, those are the reasons uh, for each of those um, uh, iterations. Yeah, I love that. And as you were explaining through part of that, kind of combining it with what you said before with uh, the value. And so as, as a podcaster is evaluating this, is, is the extra hour, hour and a half, or whatever it takes to edit it a little bit more, is that worth my time? If you're looking at it just as a time standpoint, that then yeah, it might not make sense. But when you're looking at it from the listener perspective, if you give them something better to listen to, you're able to develop that relationship a little bit better to be able to develop that trust even more. And then what does that down the road open up for you in the long run? Yeah, I, I think those are excellent thoughts. I, I, f- I fully believe that, as niche though it may be, that, that a large reason for why my podcast has enjoyed the success that it has, and we can argue, you know, who's got the, the bigger listenership or, the, or whatever, you know, all kinds of criteria to measure things. But my podcast, in my eyes, has been very, very successful, far more successful than I ever thought it would be. And I believe wholeheartedly that one of the main reasons is because I've put the listener first in, in not just how I approach the actual interview, but then in the post-production process, I'm always asking myself that question, what's in it for them? And making sure that every step I take, every, every uh, fork in the road, whatever it might be, I'm taking it with the listener in mind and doing what they would have me do, not what's easiest for me or more convenient for me at any given moment. Very good. Let's go ahead and uh, start wrapping it up as we do. Is there anything 
either related to post-production or otherwise uh, that you would like to give to someone that's getting started with podcasting, maybe something that they should watch out for or a special tip you think would be beneficial for them? Yeah, one, a little thing that, that irks me with a lot of podcasts, especially those who do interview-driven podcasts, if you have a workflow like mine where you record the interview in one sitting and then later you record your intro and your outro, let's say, most a lot of podcasters work in that sort of uh, kind of workflow. And, and they'll record their intro and, and, and you know, it's just you in a room in, in, talking into a microphone. And everybody does a really good job. When you, when you utilize or, uh, this workflow, everybody does a really good job of talking directly to the listener and, and, and using words like you and your and, and talking to one person, which is also very important. And, and all those things go very, very well as far as the intro is concerned. And then we get into the interview and it's you now talking to this person who's on Skype or whatever and never again, oftentimes, is the listener even referenced in any way. And, and, and more than that, when the interview is introduced, it's often introduced as something that's already happened because it has. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, It's introduced as something that, you know, oh, I, I had a chance to sit down with so-and-so last week and we had a great conversation about this, this, and this. And I really think you're going to enjoy it. I know I did. You know, you're, you're setting the listener up for, hey, I'm here with you now and I'm about to present to you this thing that I recorded last week. So here it comes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away for the time being. You listen to this, and then in a moment, I'm going to come back, and I'll rejoin you when this thing is over. And it's, it's, like a, it's like a recording within a recording, you know, that movie Inception, where it's a dream within a dream within a dream. <laughs> so your listener is now one more step removed from joining you on this journey. I feel that as the host of a podcast, you should be there with the listener every step of the way from the time the podcast begins to the time that it ends. That means then setting up your interview, and this involves theatrics to a degree, this means setting up your interview as if it's something you yourself as the host have not yet experienced either, and you and the listener are going to experience it together. So it's it's you and the listener on this path, and your guest is uh, the third wheel, so to speak, who comes in and joins the two of you. But how it's often treated is it's, it's the host and the guest and you, the listener, are the person sort of sneaking in and eavesdropping and being a fly on the wall. I don't want to be a fly on the wall to your conversation. I don't want to be an eavesdropper on your conversation. <laughs> I want to participate in the darn conversation. And there are ways to make that possible. There are ways to make the listener feel like they've actually participated in a conversation they were not present for. And that, at, at its core is probably of all that I teach at all that that I coach is the thing that I try to drive home the most because it's one of those things that I think if you can do that and do it successfully it will create in the mind of your listener a different feeling regarding your content a different approach regarding your content they they will they will feel more strongly about you and what you do they won't understand why they won't even realize that they do and wouldn't be able to put their finger on it if they had to they will just know there's something different about you and your content that draws them to it. And that is is the thing that is doing it. Hmm. That is excellent. And so we could probably dive a whole lot deeper into that. Uh, but for the sake of time, we're going to uh, hmm. leave that alone uh, for the moment. And so um, I, I believe you talked about that um, on the interview with Dave Jackson. Um, and so I'm going to try to leave a, a link to that in the show notes. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely appreciate it. Q, 
can you go ahead and let the listener know how you can be able to get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, the best way is at Jeff at readtolleadpodcast.com. And would love it if you'd check out the uh, Read to Lead podcast at readtolleadpodcast.com. If you are looking for some audio editing and post-production support for your podcast, you can go to podcastguy.co and be able to check out the different packages that are available to be able to help you be able to take your podcast to the next level and then also be able to recover your time. And so I'd love to be able to help you out with that. We have a special going on right now, some introductory prices, and so they'll be going up after June 1st, 2015. And so make sure you check that out. I would definitely love to be able to be able to check out your podcast and see what we can be able to do. If you decide to check that out, you can get the very first episode done for free. And so I definitely love to be able to help you with that. Podcastguide.co. If you want to get the show notes, you can go to creative studio.academy slash three dash 10. 